Hey, everybody, this is Brian Scott, host of the Injured List podcast. Thanks for listening. Now, don't forget, we became a brand ambassador for SeatGeek. So shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast. What is SeatGeek, you ask? Well, they're a ticket app that takes confusion out of buying tickets. They put a 0 to 10 score on each ticket. So you know if you're getting a good or bad deal. Green good, red bad. My viewers get $20 off their first ticket purchase with my code InjuredListPod. So download the app. You can find it in the link in my description. And remember my code InjuredListPod to get $20 off your first SeatGeek order. And that can be to the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Coca-Cola 600, Major League Baseball, or an upcoming NFL football game that's right around the corner, you know. Great time of year to go ahead and get the tickets to that event you've been dying to go to. Use my code InjuredListPod using the SeatGeek app. gentlemen please welcome the host of the injured list podcast brian scott everybody what is up another episode of the injury list podcast your host brian scott here thanks for joining us once again and i've been lucky this summer to have a lot of guests on the show and today is no different and i'm excited to have my next guest on the show to talk about his career in the nfl but also his career post nfl which is actually one of the things that i love about having my guests on is they all have overcome some type of adversity whether it be through injury a physical injury or, you know, some type of other mental hurdle or anything else. And yet they've been successful with life after sport. And so without further ado, I want to introduce to you guys, Marcus Ogden, former offensive tackle and center drafted in the sixth round back in 2003, had some stints with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans, brother of hall of famer, Jonathan Ogden, and he's going to come in right now and share his story. Marcus, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me on, sir. So NFL's kicked off. We've got training camp in full swing. Every team now is going. I've been doing injury updates up to Wazoo already on day like two. Uh, it's been a little crazy. Take us back to your days, leaving Howard University, getting drafted in the sixth round. Jacksonville, was Jacksonville your first team? And um training camp does it this time of year does it bring back any good memories for you <laughs> well the good memories are brian that you miss playing with the guys you miss the locker room you miss the camaraderie you miss the having fun in meetings and like the uh, rookie skits all that kind of fun stuff but it is business and it's a lot of business now the guys today are lucky in a sense where there are a lot of rules in place to how many of you could, you could wear pads, double practices, like, you know, things like that. And 
It's good and bad, Brian, because I feel sometimes because guys aren't hitting as much in training camp, their bodies aren't prepared for a lot of high impact during the season, a lot of high collision that you have when you're playing, you know, preseason games to regular season games to playoffs, all that stuff. But it also does preserve your body sometimes too, because when I play, you could have double practices, you could hit as many days as you want. There was pads, and we come back for afternoon pads, and so we have night practices with pads. I mean, like when I played for Buffalo under Mike Malarkey, phenomenal man, great coach. We were in pads practicing until week 16. Week 16, having pads Wednesday, Thursday, we went to Shells on Friday. So again, training camp was awesome. Loved every minute of it. Loved the guys, loved the competition. But yeah, there's some good days, right, Brian? And there's some bad, bad and or AKA long you're, you're talking my language because you and I are from about the same era uh, when it comes to that stuff. I mean, I can remember being an athletic trainer in the sideline covering two a days, having to go in at like 630 in the morning, preparing for that early morning session before the sun started coming up and before it got hot out, then hanging around midday and then coming back in the late afternoon session with pads and having to do it all over again. So uh, I don't think some of the guys understand just how easy they have it today compared to some of the old school days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, without a doubt, man, like there's so many opportunities for you to to do things in camp and have fun and do all that. And it's like the hitting is not as brutal as it once was. And again, there's good and there's bad with that. I think it's great because it preserves guys' bodies, but I think it's also bad because sometimes the bodies are not used to the, the shock, the hitting, the high impact that football is designed to create and do to your body because that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, I totally agree. And in fact, that's what I've been doing the last few days has been doing some injury updates. And we're only in like day two or three of camp here. And I've already got a bunch of superstar athletes that are on the shelf were questionable, significant injuries. How, how did you deal with that during your career? Any major injuries that you had? I know you had a few to say the least. Um, any that particularly stand out? Yeah, I broke my ankle, uh, uh, my rookie season. That was no fun. A lot of rehab down in Birmingham, Alabama. That was a lot. Uh, I tore my labrum, uh, my senior year at Howard university playing football, uh, but yeah, I would definitely say that broken ankle was probably, you know, was the worst. That was my left ankle that I broke and it was really, really painful. Um, really, really just brutal. Um, I had never felt that type of pain in my life, uh, from a broken ankle. And like I tell everybody all the time, man, you know, your body is designed when you're young to absorb and to take that punishment. But as you get older, that stuff catches up with you. And again, ankles, knees. Sometimes I was playing basketball this morning. I could feel a little bit of a twitch in my Achilles. And wasn't too bad. I'm able to recognize this and kind of ne- maybe not go from simply going 10 to like 9.5 or 9.2. We're scoring full 10 miles per hour, right? Going fast as I can. But I know that a lot of those things kind of happen from my football days. And it's very much a part of trying to understand, you know, wow, Marcus, your body is not what it once was. You got to be a little more careful. <laughs> you you mentioned earlier about the business side of the sport once you got into the NFL. How much did your injury factor into the decision on the team to either keep you around for that second year or cut you loose? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that always plays a part. You know, are you injury prone? Or, you know, I was talking about this earlier with the Jaguars. I asked to be 
released to go to Baltimore because I it wasn't an injury. It was I was having some problems with my coaching communication. But then when I got to Baltimore, it was interesting. I had a good time there. Things were going really well. Uh, but we lost our coach because he didn't get the job he wanted to get. But And we got a new coach that I didn't really vibe with. And then Buffalo was phenomenal. But in Buffalo, I saw a lot of guys that did not make it because of, you know, injuries or because of, you know, they were in the cold tub, quote unquote, a lot. And, you know, if you're a young guy trying to make the NFL, you don't have the luxury. I mean, unless you have like, you know, a, a, a torn MCL, a torn ACL, you know, um, broken ankle, torn Achilles. I mean, something's going to keep you out for like the entire period of time. You don't want to have like um, a thigh bruise or like, you know, a, 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 a sprain, a, a sprain ankle, a sprain wrist, like, you know, and, and be in the tub because again, team like, mm, are you durable? Because again, like, you know, once they get into, like, keep you into the season, then it becomes a business. Like, okay, if I keep you on the roster, I got to keep you at least three games until you become vested. Now, of course, it could have changed as I play. I don't know if that's still the same. But when you get into, like, regular season, it's straight business, right? I mean, again, there's guaranteed money, non-guaranteed money, signing bonus money, roster bonuses. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley. I mean, it took them, what, how long to sign him to a one year, $11 million deal. I mean, like, you know, it's sad that one of, if not, well, it's not these, one of the premier running backs in the NFL held out for an extra couple million bucks, which he should have gotten without having to hold out, right? I mean, the Giants should have paid him what they paid him. It shouldn't have gotten this far. He's a great running back. He's a great community guy. He's a great player. He's always been there. He's, uh, you know, when the team was not done well, he's still giving his all. He's, you know, he's busted his butt. And the fact that, you know, he hasn't had any, like, real major injuries, in my, from what I know, they should have gave him that money without even thinking about it, right? So, yeah. and again, right, uh, Brian, that's the side of the business that people don't realize or don't talk about. Yeah, I do think injuries. Uh- With Barkley, I do think that injuries played a role in what the Giants ended up doing with him. He had one year where he tore his ACL three weeks in, missed that entire year, had another year where he had a bunch of high ankle sprains. And to say that the injuries didn't probably factor in their decision as he was coming off his five-year rookie deal is is probably not accurate. I think for sure they were looking down the road and seeing what kind of durability he's going to have and whether or not those injuries are going to factor into his career. But that brings me to my next question because... You were in the league for about four years. You bounced around between a few teams. And and to be honest, that's pretty much the, the norm for most players. Uh, it's rare that we see players that are in the league for a substantial number of years at a very high level being successful, not having injuries to overcome and things like that to deal with. And I think that gets lost in a lot of fans. They don't really understand that the average length of like an NFL career is very short. It's four or five, maybe even maybe top six, seven years, depending on position. Um how did you prepare? How did you maintain your health? Um, and how did you get through those those four years? Yeah, good question. So, you know, interesting enough, during my NFL career, I was able to, you know, sustain a high level through conditioning and through getting the treatment that I needed to and doing all the type of things like, you know, the, the therapy, the cold tub, you know, the mixture, you know, the stretching, the meditation, the yoga, you know, all those things that really weren't about 
what I call the you know, push or pull movement, like the gym, which is part of our normal everyday facet and going forward in that regard. And so for me, it was a lot of the off the field stuff. It was a lot of the body maintenance, you know, like cryotherapy was kind of new at that time. It was, wasn't ever like it is today, but there were places that were doing it and it was kind of more innovative and I liked it. So I did that. Uh, I did a lot of the training with people, like, you know, getting a lot of the, like I said, the stretching, the yoga, the meditation, the movement, you know, the massages, you know, all those things. Because to me, those are the things that kept me going forward. And it's interesting if you mentioned Barclay. I want to kind of go back to that for yeah. a second. Yeah. You know, with him having those, and I do remember that, I do remember the, uh, the ACL and I do some high ankle sprains uh, with him. So my whole thing is, is if that, if that's what they saw, then I'm interested to see why would you franchise tag him at that level? So there's a lot of things you can kind of go back and forth. Like, you know, if he's injury prone, right, which is, you know, which, you know obviously go from state, which makes a point. I didn't really realize that. Then if I'm the Giants, then I'm like, you know what? I could use my franchise tag on someone else. I mean, you could use it on Daniel Jones. You could use it on, you know, another player. So it's very interesting they did that. My question I wonder for them, you know, I can answer this now, is what are their long-term plans? I mean, like I say, he has a great year, doesn't get injured. But again, we saw Derrick Henry didn't get a long-term contract. We saw, uh, you know, Omar Jacobs didn't get a long-term contract. You know, there's a lot of guys that didn't get those long-term deals. So I wonder how much that factors in with the injury aspect. Like for me, what I also found helped me was to also kind of do a lot of those kinetic movements uh, and other things in that regard, like, you know, high energy, you know, you know, high reps, low, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, um, high reps, low weight, like a lot of those movements too help me build up a lot more stability in my body. So, you know, in my career, I got lucky to, you know, go to some great teams over, you know, five, five year, you know, almost six year NFL career. But what I found is that, a lot of times you go in those places, you have to figure out what works for you. And you got to figure out people in those areas that do the right massages or cryotherapy or th things of that nature. Because what I found, right, Brian, when I found the right people, it made me play a lot better because I was able to like not have to think about you know, the injuries or what might happen or things of that nature. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you bring up some great points with the Barkley situation and stuff and um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the athletes today are doing a lot of uh, alternative types of uh, treatments and um, training methods to kind of help prepare them uh, for the upcoming season. And it seems to be working pretty well for a lot of them. We see guys in the league for a lot longer than I can recall uh, seeing guys in the league back in the day. So I'm sure it's, uh, it's working. And if, hey, like you said, if you find a, a, a person to work with, a mentor or a coach or a trainer, and uh, you've got a good system in place, now you see a lot of these guys bringing those guys with them wherever they go and making them part of their, their daily routine, which is pretty cool. This is the Injured List Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Are you interested in being a guest on the show? Or do you know someone who would make a good guest? Want Brian Scott to be on your show? If so, share the podcast with your friends. Or drop us a line and we will get back to you right away. Email us at theinjuredlist411 at gmail.com or visit our website at www.theinjuredlist.com. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. 
Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money, up to $100 using our exclusive promo code? Go online now and use the promo code InjuredList to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent Good girl. I want to segue into the other phase of your career, which is your professional phase. And, you know, um, being in the league for four short years, that flies by. There's life after football. And one of the things I love about my podcast and I love about my guests is almost all of the guests I've had on who are former athletes have overcome some type of adversity, whether it be through physical injury, um, personal story or life, and have been able to overcome that and be successful in life beyond sport. And you're no exception to that rule by any means. You've got a lot going on. Uh, author, podcaster, business coach, um, keynote speaker. I mean, you've got a, a whole bunch of hats you're wearing. How were you able to get that ball rolling during your NFL career and then segue that into a successful career outside of sport? Good question, Brian. So I never transitioned from the NFL into speaking I went from the NFL to struggling to transition to construction to failed business owner to having to rebound and then started speaking. And what I learned from the NFL, right, in my career playing for some amazing football teams, some great coaches, is that mindset is the most important tool that you have, right? Your mindset can either make you or break you. Uh, full disclosure, I went through a divorce. Uh, and, well, I'm, I, it's signed off on, but it'll be finalized in November. And I was living, Brian, in a really dark, dingy apartment. I only had three weeks to get out of my place and find a place to get into after having really having a bombshell dropped on me where I had to go and file for divorce. And what was sad is that in that time, right, Brian, that seven and a half months in that apartment, I was just in a negative space. I was down. I was now I still pushed through work and the podcast was great. And I leaned on it and my circle and my people, but I was really in a dark space for a long time. That's seven and a half months. And now in my new home that I, that I had built and with my daughter, and I have great friends and family. What I've learned is, is that mindset is what really got me through. Even though I was having a hard time, I never broke. Did it bend? Oh, yeah, but it never broke. And I talk a lot about that in our speaking, coaching, consulting, our podcast, our being a brand ambassador. And what I want people to get from this podcast is, is that what we have done with our business, you can do anything with your life, right? But for us, our talent was speaking then it evolved into coaching, consulting, brand ambassador. Then about a year, about 13 months ago, we launched our podcast, Get Authentic with Marcus Ogden. 
and we are in the top 1% in the world most popular podcast. We actually created an app, the Marcus Ogden app. You can get that on Android or Apple. And we're just excited about what we're doing now. But football taught me a lot about how to dig deep because I didn't start out, right, Brian, at the top. I mean, I started out where every person starts in business, right at the bottom. Right. You weren't really heavily recruited out of high school. You got a, an opportunity at Howard and you got drafted, but you had to make that out of nothing, basically, because you weren't really. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'll be very clear, Brian. It's an excellent point. I wasn't even heavily recruited. I was not really recruited at all, but by one college, one university. That's it. No official visits to anybody but Howard. Nobody brought me in for an unofficial visit, right? Nobody spoke to me about going to their college. Not D1, not, not D2, not D3. The, I mean, no other one double A, no other black college, nobody. Zero, Brian. Uh, if Steve Wilson, who played for the Broncos and the Cowboys, he played under Tom Landry as a corner. If Steve Wilson doesn't offer me a full scholarship to play football at Howard University, Brian, my career is over. Done. That's amazing. Because I wasn't going to walk on anywhere and play football. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, that wasn't my thing. Like, I yeah. enjoyed it, but I'm like, ah, nobody's going to pick me up. I was going to try to be a, a, a financial planner. Yeah. Steve Wilson and Fred Dean. Fred Dean was my O-line coach. He was one of the hogs for the Washington Redskins back in the early and mid-80s. Without those two gentlemen believing in me, right, Brian, my NFL, my, my football career stops after high school. That's that's remarkable. Um, Marcus and I had lunch a few weeks ago, and you're a huge guy. Standing next to me, a lot of people are, but you maybe like a little midget out there, man. And I, I shook his hand. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Um, and I've been around some big boys during my career. You know, I've, I've worked the sidelines of plenty of football teams, and basketball teams and stuff. And uh, I, I, what were they looking at? I don't know what they were you looking know, at. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm almost 6'6", six, six, but when I left high school, I was only six foot three. Okay. And a lot of people... I got a bunch of letters after the fact because my my transcripts got messed up. I found out when I was at Howard, but still, even as a junior, no one wanted me for a visit. Nobody made an offer. I got a bunch of like letters, but like nobody came to see me. Anything. And when Steve Wilson sat down at my parents' table, at my was well, it was actually my dad's. My parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. At my dad's dining room table, said Mr. Ogden and Miss Ogden, your son could be an NFL draft pick. If you let him come to Howard University under me and our coaching staff and develop him and groom him, I was like, thinking <laughs> myself, man, just give me a scholarship. Just, I'm just, just please say scholarship. Please say full ride. Please say something where college is paid for. If I can do the dance inside my head. And he said, we're prepared to offer him a full scholarship to come to Howard University. I literally was dancing in my mind on the table of the jig. I was like, yep. Let's move. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So happy. That's awesome. Great story. That's a great story. Yeah. I mean, hey, we all kind of have that moment or that that individual that maybe sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves per se. And sometimes uh, we get lucky enough to come to cross paths with that individual and it leads to bigger and better things. So yep. um, what do you got going on now? Uh, you're doing the podcast. The podcast has been exceptional, um, very successful. Uh, how do you find time to, to balance that with the uh, other business ventures you got going on with the public speaking and stuff? How, how, are, you, how are you managing all this? 
Great question, Brian. So it's very much I can set my own schedule for speaking. Uh, coaching, I love. I coach probably about 40 to 50 people one-on-one, you know, weekly or bi-weekly uh, or bi-monthly or monthly. Uh, I love the consulting piece. But what's great is, is when you're able to have success with a lot of things, you're able to kind of set your own schedule. So do I work? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I work. Like I'm at six o'clock now doing our podcast at six. I got a call here in a moment and then I'm, all, and I'm off at seven. Thank goodness. But I've been up since 445, gym at five. First call was at was at eight, you know, going through the process, going through all these things. And I found out today that the house that me and my ex have is now under contract, which is awesome. But, you know, that's things I'm going to have to take care of. And I'm going to have to go through this and this and this. But what I've learned is that if I just set my own schedule, I control the time and the time management, and I delegate to my awesome team what they need to do, what I end up doing, right, Brian, is I talk to each of my team members once a week, 15, 20 minutes back, whatever, and I make sure they're okay, what are they up to, what do they need from me, and then I let them do their thing, I do what I'm good at, and then everybody is successful and fulfilled and we're able to all have a very successful brand as an awesome team. Awesome. That's great. Now, I, I, I kind of hear where you're coming from with that stuff. I, I feel like, and, and I, I feel like I'm, and maybe you're the same way, that the more stuff you're involved in, the busier you are, the more focused you become. When you have those moments where there's nothing going on and you have a little downtime, then that's when you start ending up in a rut and you can't get out of it. And my wife was gone out of country for about like two, four weeks with the kids. And that whole time I was like, man, I need to find something to do. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit on the couch and waste an entire day. Um, so it sounds yeah. like you probably got that same mentality. And I think that's a lot of a lot of athletes have that mentality. A lot of people in business need that mentality. They just got to keep busy doing something. Keep moving forward. If you're not growing, you're dying. And what I found is that when I was just so I remember like doing football coaching and doing like seven on seven camps, birthday parties at birthday clowns, playing football with kids, dressing up as a clown. Like it was crazy. Right. <laughs> but when I wasn't working, I was home on the couch watching match game 77 on the game show network or cash cab, or I don't know, old prices, right. From the age with Bob Barker. I mean, you name it, right. Just things that weren't filling my day with any type of like educational value learning value, networking value, zero. And what I found is that my sharpness of my mind started to decline as I started to do more and do more speaking and do more coaching and do more all this stuff. That's when things got a lot better for me. And that's when things kind of went to the next level. Whereas now I only watch TV you know, like at night, you know, if I'm going to sleep for a few minutes or it's a weekend, I've got my daughter where we want to watch SpongeBob or something like that. Right. You know, that's, you know, that's just what it is. You know what I mean? And so yeah. in reality, that's what it's all about. So for me, it's all about, Hey, how can I continue to help others and how can I continue to move forward in that light? Awesome. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And I try to do the same thing. I try not to stay focused on the TV or do any of that stuff until later on when it's time to decompress Get ready for bed. Now, <clears throat> Marcus, we're going to, I know you got to go. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. I want to know or, or let our listeners know where they can find you, if they want to work with you, if they have questions for you, how do they get in touch with you, where to find um, you and your, your, your projects that you got going on. Yeah, great question. So they can go to our website, www.marcus, M-A-R, 
Q-U-E-S Ogden, O-G-D-E-N.com. You can go to our, our app, Marcus Ogden. Again, if you have an Apple or an Android phone, go to your app store, type uh, my name in. It'll pop up. You can download that. We have exclusive video content and written content that will be just on there and there alone. We're excited about where we're headed. We're excited about our partnerships, and we're excited about people like you who are listening that want to continue to move forward in business and in life. So connect with us or shoot me an email, marcus at marcusogden.com. Love to connect with you. Awesome. Couple, two, three quick questions before you go, because I've been dying to ask. All right. So I'm not going to say favorite, but we'll say most memorable coach that you ever worked with. Jack Del Rio. What was it? Some is just an just, approach just or phenomenal player in the NFL. Great man. Well, great coach, better man. I'll put it like that. Totally phenomenal player, even better man, and a great coach. And he was a player's coach. And that's what I love about Jack. Jack would ask you to do something that Jack couldn't do himself as a player. Most memorable teammate. <sighs> I'm sure you've that's had a few. That's a tough one, man. I got to go with Ray Lewis. I mean, yeah. I've had Ray Lewis, my brother, Ed Reed, Fred Taylor. Uh, I've had, you know, uh, you know, some awesome guys, you know, that I played with. But Ray Lewis was just another level of intensity, ferocity. You know, he was just uh, everything about him is screen football. Yeah. So I have to say Ray Lewis. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Last question. You versus your brother, one-on-one, mano-a-mano. Who wins? Fighting? No. I mean, uh, what, if, what if you're lined oh, up? Uh, anything. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> We were both old linemen, so that wouldn't happen. <laughs> but if we had to, I would definitely kick his ass. That's for sure. I would have voted for you. I would have I been voting for you. I mean, I'm younger. <laughs> I got better drive now. I work out more, so I could probably get his, his big butt out of the hole if I had to. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thanks, Marcus, for joining us on the Injured List podcast. Always a pleasure. Uh, You and I will be in touch for sure going forward. And um, uh, everybody, Marcus left his uh, information. I'll have it all in the show notes after today's uh, podcast. You can refer there for all the information. Uh, Marcus, thanks for uh, joining us on the Injured List podcast. You take care of yourself. Have a good one, my friend. Thank you, sir. listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com.